0: gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, and he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him, the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, O Christ. You may be seated. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank You for the tremendous, incomprehensible gift that is life. Help us accept Your grace and live each day with thanksgiving. In Your name we pray, amen. I'd like to say something about who Jesus was by talking about things that He did not do and then thinking about some things that he said and taught us. Number one, Jesus never turned stone into bread. Number two, Jesus never flew like Superman. Number three, Jesus never had a kingdom on earth under his control. So, What does it even mean for Jesus to be the Son of God if he did not exhibit that kind of power? That's the question that the devil asked Jesus. So, you're the Son of God, so what? What makes you different than anybody else? On the one hand, we know that the acceptable thing to do is to condemn and criticize the devil. How dare he tempt and ask Jesus those questions? On the other hand, we might see the devil asking the very same questions and doubts all of us might have had in our own hearts. Why didn't Jesus turn the stones into bread? Why didn't Jesus fly? Why don't all the kingdoms of the world bow down to Jesus. It's convenient to put these doubts and questions on the devil so we don't have to appear to falter in our faith. For when we really begin to think about these questions, we find that they lead us not only to question Jesus, but to even God. Concerning the stones turning into bread, we might ask, what kind of a God would allow a world where little children die of hunger? What kind of a God would give us a free will and then let people hoard food and resources, acting selfishly and creating man-made famines? Concerning jumping off the temple, we we might ask ourselves, what kind of a God would allow people to become so depressed and desperate that they would consider taking their own life? Suicide is a leading cause of death in this country, and some of the people in this country who are most at risk of suicide are veterans, people who have decided to serve their country and then suffered trauma that is so debilitating they can't fathom living on. If any of you are thinking about suicide, please don't do it. Please call me or call 988, and we will find you help. We need you, each and every one of you. Tomorrow needs you. Concerning worshiping the devil and having all the powers of all the kingdoms, we might ask ourselves, if we take an honest look of history, how come so many wars, maybe most of the wars, have been fought in the name of God? Satan isn't just tempting Jesus here. He is putting God on trial. It's like he's saying, hey, Jesus, if you're the Son of God, if you know so much, if you're so close to the Father, answer me these questions. Why are there so many extremely poor people? Why are there so many depressed people who are mentally ill and depressed? Why do the nations kill each other in your name? Explain yourself. Well, fortunately, Jesus does. To each one of these questions, Jesus gives a response that we really causes us to think deeply. To the first question regarding extreme poverty and hunger, Jesus says, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What is that supposed to mean? Is it supposed to mean that if you believe that the Bible is the infallible Word of God and if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you'll never be hungry? That you'll live forever in paradise? I don't know about that. Bread is a sign of God's grace. God wants everybody to have food to eat, even if you have sinned or done things wrong God wants you to eat and have bread. Question number two, jumping off the temple, Jesus said to the devil, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Is that supposed to mean that if a person commits suicide, they've committed a mortal eternal sin and they'll always be separated from God? I don't think so. Nothing can separate you from the love of God and from God's love and forgiveness. To the third question, the temptation to worship evil to gain power, Jesus says, worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. Is that supposed to mean that a Christian nation will triumph over a non-Christian nation? No it does not. No matter how small the power that you have, everybody has a fundamental right for self-determination. So, what does Jesus mean by these responses? He means this, all nations of the earth come and go, none of them will last forever. One only has to look at history to know that even the most mightiest of nations, kingdoms don't last forever. And so, wishing and working for power through the control of might and coercion, Is a fool's errand. God's kingdom grows up organically and effortlessly like a mighty cedar on a mountain. God's kingdom comes on its own. When Jesus says, Do not put the Lord your God to the test, what he means is this. If you are facing despair, if you are facing desperation or depression, you must. Do something to better your situation. We're fools to think that God is going to come in and rescue us from our problems when we don't do anything. If you struggle with depression, anxiety, addiction, any kind of mental illness or emotional distress, you have to do your part to be better. Talk, therapy, group therapy, 12-step programs psychology, psychiatry, medicine, a careful diet, a thoughtful lifestyle. These are things we should all consider doing and do when we need them. You know the funny thing about pastors who go to the psychologist? You know what happens? They end up helping each other. The psychologist goes, oh, I finally got a pastor to talk to. Well, let me tell you about my problems. And you know what? That's just fine. That is just fine. Jesus said, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. What does that mean? It means exactly what it says. We need bread. Jesus never said we didn't need bread. He said, you can't live on bread alone, but you got to have it. We're biological creatures. We got to have food. We have to eat to survive, but it's not enough. Food's not enough, air's not enough, shelter and clothing are not enough. We need every word that comes from the mouth of God to survive. And what is God's name? I am. So if you can say, I am, then you can speak God's words to others. Do you understand the power that you have? You can literally save life in yourself and others. A true sign of faith and maturity and sophistication is to choose to speak words of life and kindness to people in their time of need. We never know just how fragile somebody's situation might be. We don't know how close to the edge someone could be living The words that we speak have the power to give life, and it's not hard to do. The words we speak, they don't have to be fancy. They don't have to be sophisticated. They don't even have to be dripping with religious sentimentality. Just saying, hello, how are you today, is very powerful. It's like that song that Louis Armstrong sang. He said in the song, I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. Let us speak words of life to each other. Let us speak God's words. Please stand as you're able as we sing our hymn of the day, What a Wonderful World.